Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Um, It's exciting to me that we are able to come and celebrate each of you um, who are are saying we want to be a part of this church family. Um, You've all been here. You've all been involved. but, But now you're coming and saying, hey, as I've gone through this, this next step thing and vital grace, as I've learned more about the church, I want to say yes to being in it with you. Um, and so as you look out here, many of these people have said this before. Many of these people have said yes to being in it with you. Um, and now for all of you, they're saying yes. They understand what the vine is about, and they want to be a part of that. And so we are deeply grateful for that. Um, It's just fun to stand up here together with you um, because it's an evidence. Someone asked me this week, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for the faithfulness of our God and the faithfulness of our God in each of your lives and the fact that you're here today. Um, And so we're deeply grateful for that. One of the things that all of them signed is a membership covenant. And there's a lot of questions and stuff in there, but there's one part at the very end that I want to read for you because this is a reminder to all of us of of the commitment we've made if we are members here at the Vine. Um, And so here is the, the commitment that they have signed. I, insert name, um, understand that by signing this membership covenant, I'm committing myself to be a part of the local church family at the Vine Community Church. In doing so, I acknowledge that this church family is not perfect, that the leadership is not perfect, that I am not perfect, but that together we will look to Jesus who is perfect. It is a joy and it is a privilege to be in it together with y'all. Thank you, and I'm going to ask Pastor John to pray for you now. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we're just so grateful today for everyone here these new members, and we, they all have a great story, and we'd love to tell it. <laughs> Lord, uh, we just praise you for your goodness in calling them to be a part of this church family, and pray that you would uh, encourage them in, in the use of their gifts in their life, and we pray especially that they would come to know you more and exalt you in every corner of their lives. Praise your name, Lord. Thank you for these new members. They're like gifts to our family. We thank you for birthing them into our our family in this way. And we praise you for this day. And God, we pray for uh, just your your encouragement in their whole family's lives and they feel the connection and the warmth and love of this congregation. And Father, we just pray today that you would anoint, fill Tim with your Holy Spirit that he would preach clearly and compelling your word. God, we thank you for the first service, and we pray for your presence to be known in this service as it was in the first. And God, we glorify you and we lift you up. What a great God you are. And we love you, and we thank you for these, uh, these new members. In Jesus' name, amen.
I'm glad somebody let him clap because I was getting ready to. Uh, this is like this is super big. It's exciting. And, it, and it's exciting to be able to stand here and do that together. Um, and I want to ask each of you a question now, tied in with that a little bit. Um, but are you, as you sit here this morning, are you grateful for one another today? Look around the room a minute. Are you grateful for one another today? And if you're visiting with us today, um, I'd ask, you know, as your, your church family, you know, you can apply it there. Are you grateful for your church family today? As I ask that question, though, you know, I, I recognize that some of you really do feel that gratefulness today. Some of you, uh, though, you look around the room and you think, I'm, I'm not really sure how grateful I can be because I don't really know these people yet. Or maybe, I'm not really sure how grateful I can be for these people but with, because maybe you've been, been hurt by another church or even this church specifically. Then there are those of you who are here today who, who are not followers of Jesus, and you're like, I don't even understand what you mean, be grateful for this group of people, right? And that's, that's where you are, that's okay. But I want to show you this, this morning um, a couple of reasons, a couple of reasons that, that we have to be grateful for the family of God. Okay, we're going to see that as we continue in our series in the book of Philippians. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4, verses 14 through 18. And what we see here, and this is a summary of the, of the whole book, and, and the Apostle Paul is coming back, back around, and it's kind of his final thank you letter. And it's, it's, we see his gratefulness for the people at the church in Philippi. And so we're going to look to his word together. Um, as we've been accustomed to doing uh, more lately, I'd ask that you stand with me. And we read from the word of the Lord, beginning in chapter 4, verse 14. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift... But I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Amen. You can be seated. So I just told you um, that we're going to see two reasons we have to be grateful for the family of God. The first reason is that we, that we can be grateful to share life together. Now, sometimes we use that phrase and, and we kind of have our own definition of what that means, but I want, I want to show you what Paul's showing here, okay? So grateful to share life together. There's two ways that we see the Philippians were sharing life together um, with Paul, even as he was away in prison. First is that they were sharing in the commitment. Um, so verses 14 and 16 um, David, we'll put that back up there for a minute. Um, we see here that Paul was um, that the church in Philippi was sharing in the commitment with Paul, and so in Paul's case, these believers saw opportunity to help Paul as a great opportunity. But it says there, um, it says it was kind of you in verse fourteen to share my trouble. So what was Paul's trouble? 
If you've been around throughout this series, you probably can answer that question. Um, let me just highlight that for you one more time. Paul's trouble, one, we, we know um, throughout Scripture, Paul has suffered beatings, imprisonments, many hardships, and that was a big part of the trouble they shared with Paul. It said from the beginning of the gospel, from when Paul started in Macedonia. Uh, but you can probably answer by now that it's more than that, because we've repeated it constantly. The specific trouble mentioned in verse 14 is that Paul was under house arrest, chained to a guard in Rome, and he had to pay for this rented house and these Roman soldiers that were guarding him. I mean, he, had to, he had to pay for that, and the money was about to run out. And if the money ran out, he'd go to the dungeon and not have the same ministry opportunities that he currently had. I say all that, and, and then remember, the church in Philippi was, was a very poor church. Paul says they shared in the trouble with him as they sent Paul a financial gift to aid him while in prison under house arrest. And so sharing in the trouble meant a lot to Paul. It meant a lot because these young Christians were acknowledging that what he was doing was important to them. And so they were taking ownership. They were saying they wanted to be in it with Paul. They wanted to be in it with what he was about, with what he was doing. They wanted to be a part of caring for him, even in his trouble, even though this was a huge burden on them as a church. And so they sent a gift. They sent a gift out of their own poverty. And Paul says they did this because they understood the beauty of sharing, of, of having a partnership. We saw in chapter 1, verse 5, his partnership in the gospel, they understood the beauty of having a partnership in the advancement of the gospel we saw in chapter 1, verse 12. Okay, So they, they understood this, and the words we use for that is they, they understood that the ministry, sharing in the ministry, and doing what was necessary for the people to know the good news of the gospel. All right, So that, that's kind of the stage that, that's set here. And Paul's saying he is deeply grateful for them because they understood that. And because they're sharing in that ministry to make sure people know the good news of the gospel. But their commitment was bigger than where our minds are at at times. You see, Paul and also the Philippians, they wanted people to know that even though the world they lived in was broken, even though people had deep needs, even though people were dying, even though the things they were pursuing could never bring them satisfaction, even though they struggled with sin and were facing many results of that sin on this earth, despite all those things that, that the Philippians were dealing with, that the people in the world around them were dealing with, they wanted people to know that even though all that was going on, there was hope because of Jesus. There was hope. Because Jesus lived a perfect life and bore the penalty for the sin that we all deserve. We were just talking about in his death on the cross. There was hope because Jesus rose from the dead, defeating the power of sin. There was hope because Jesus said, behold, I am making all things new. There was hope because Jesus said the brokenness will not always be this way. You know, when we pray, we pray um, in, in the Lord's prayers, Jesus taught us to pray. We say, thy kingdom come, your, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. 
That is telling us that there are, there are glimpses on this earth that we can see that Jesus is making things new. As, as people are ministering to others, as people are making Jesus known, there is some of that brokenness being restored in relationships and situations. And so we can see the glimpse of that now. And he is gracious to show us those things. And we will see the full culmination of it in the new heavens and the new earth. And so this is great news because it means that there is hope. And that's what Paul and the Philippians are trying to say. And they're saying it even when, we know from the end of chapter 1, even when that meant standing together in conflict and in suffering for Christ. So Paul was deeply grateful. He was super grateful for the church in Philippi. He was super grateful that they understood this and shared this commitment. And he says it's even from the beginning of their Christian lives. That's what we see in verse 15. Even from the beginning of the gospel of Macedonia. Even then they had demonstrated that they were committed to him. And then we see in, um, in verse 16, it says, and twice also in Thessalonica, or once and again, it depends on your translation. But he says again and again, they're doing this. They were committed to care for and support him because they were committed to the work of making Jesus known. And that makes Paul extremely grateful. Extremely grateful for them. And I think, as we stop for a minute and think about what does that, what does that mean to us? What it, how does that affect us? I think often we forget the value, the value of the, the Christian community. We forget the value of church family. We forget the value of saying, with all our imperfections and even some of our minor disagreements, we are in this together. We are in it together. Said differently, uh, we're not always grateful for God's grace to us in giving us a Christian family. German pastor and theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, who was imprisoned and later killed for his faith, uh, commented on this. And he said, It is true, of course, that what is an unspeakable gift of God for the lonely individual is easily disregarded and trodden underfoot by those who have the gift every day. It's easily forgotten that the fellowship of Christian brethren is a gift of grace a gift of the kingdom of God that any day may be taken from us. That the time that still separates us from utter loneliness may be brief indeed. Therefore, let him who until now has had the privilege of living a common Christian life with other Christians praise God's grace from the bottom of his heart. Let him thank God on his knees and declare, it is grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live in community with Christian brethren. The opportunity to share in the commitment as a church family to make Jesus known to one another and to the world around us, that's a gift of grace. And we don't always think of it that way. We take it for granted. But it's the first way that we share life together. The second way we see the Philippians sharing life together with Paul um, was by sharing financially with a heart surrendered to God. Now, I say that, don't just stop on sharing financially, okay? 
with a heart surrendered to God. Verse 18 says, I have received full payment and more, and I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Here's something you you probably know, but I'll just go ahead and tell you anyway. Um, Paul, if you go out throughout all of his letters um, and then the things we see about Paul in, in the book of Acts, Paul never makes a strong plea for money for himself. That's what's interesting. He never makes a strong plea for money for himself. He does make pleas for, pe- for other churches, for other situations, for other people that, that have need. But, but even when he's doing that, do you remember how he does that? He appeals to, hey, you church over here, you have received the gift of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ amply, abundantly. He has provided your needs. Now, out of that abundance of his grace... Not necessarily abundance of your possessions, but abundance of his grace. Support this church. Support this situation. So he's appealing based on the gift of his son. And so Paul here is grateful because their commitment, their faithfulness, the people at Philippi, their commitment, their faithfulness, he sees their gifts in context of this whole letter and all the things he's been talking about. He sees their gifts to be out of a dedicated commitment to making Jesus known. And he sees their gifts to be from a pure heart and motive. And that pure heart and motive is that people would believe their need for Jesus, that people would grow to trust him and serve him, that people would, live, would, would grow to live in obedience to what he has said is good. And all of that is part of God's kingdom coming on this earth as it is in heaven. Therefore, their gifts were an act of praise. They were an act of worship. They were an act of partnership in the gospel. And watch what he says. The end of verse 18, he says, And it was a pleasing and acceptable sacrifice to Paul. It doesn't say that, does it? No. I hope that sounded wrong. (laughs) It was an acceptable, pleasing and acceptable sacrifice to God. Paul benefited from the gift, no doubt. But Paul wasn't making it about Paul. We need to remember that. We need to remember that as individuals. We need to remember that as a church. Because here's here's what I want to say to you today is that, I mean, y'all know we're in the middle of a, this, this um, faith promise commitment. We're, in the, um, we're looking to next Sunday on the 21st that we all make this commitment to using the 15 acres, all the property that we have, um, all for the, the, the advancement of God's kingdom, all for his kingdom. But I want to I say something very clearly. As you pray through that, You are not looking to make a sacrifice pleasing and acceptable to Tim Barton or to John Adams or to the elders session of the Vine Community Church or to others in the church around you. You want to know a secret? John and I and most of our elders don't even know what you give because we intentionally don't want to because that's not what it's about. 
See, it's a sacrifice pleasing and acceptable to God. And so as you think through that, just practical application for you, how do you know what God would have you give? It's not a trick question. If I went downstairs and said this to the kids, they'd be able to answer it, right? (laughs) We pray about it. We ask God. We go to him. You see, here's the deal. You may or may not have had time to pray about that or taken the time, I'll use those terminology, yet. But when you or when I are not praying about what God would have us give, you can write the biggest check in the world. But if you're not praying about it, if I'm not praying about it, we're being disobedient to what God tells us to do as we prepare to give. And I don't mean that as condemnation. I mean that as an encouragement to you. That He says, hey, it's good for you to do this. Come, come pray, pray about these things. But if we're not, we're being disobedient to him. Because this is about a sacrifice that is pleasing and acceptable to him. Let me help you think about that a little bit more um, because this is also in hearts that are surrendered to him. Imagine that my friend's birthday is coming up and I thought, oh man, I got to get him a gift. And I thought, as I go get the gift, I'm kind of like, eh, I got to get him a gift. And then when I give him the gift, I give him the gift, I say, I didn't really want to give you this, but, but since it was your birthday and everyone else is watching, I guess I kind of had to. It doesn't really indicate a heart of gratefulness for the relationship, does it? We do that with God sometimes. Hey, God, I didn't really want to give you this gift, but everybody's watching, so I kind of have to. That attitude doesn't really demonstrate a heart of gratefulness for our God. You see, we're very conditioned by our society. We're very conditioned by this this world of cause-based giving. We're conditioned to think that all I have is mine, and to get it from me, others need to convince me of why their cause is best, that the person or organization who makes the best plea, the best case, provides the most compelling reasons, that's the one we're going to choose to support. God can use those things and can do mighty things through them, so don't, don't hear me wrong in that. But I want to tell you this, and tell me this, is that when that is how we approach things, then we are missing out we as a church are missing out on sharing life together through our offerings, through our gifts, through our faith promises. And God says those things, we, we are intended to share things together, and those, that is good for us. It's intended to be a joy and a privilege to share financially with a heart surrendered to God. Will you ask God? Will you ask God to give you a grateful heart to share in the commitment and to share financially with a heart surrendered to him? Let's pause on that a minute. I hope you will. And I don't care what you give. But I care that you've gone to God to ask him. I didn't want to say that today. But God's word says that. And that's part of caring for your hearts 
caring what it, for what is best for you. And by the way, there's a mirror anytime I'm doing this because God's showing me to. There's a second reason, and this is, this is shorter, um, that, that we are grateful for one another, and that is grateful to see growth in one another. Go back to verse 17 um, for a minute. Paul says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. So Paul, first of all, again, he's genuinely grateful for the financial gift he received for the Philippians. He tells them at the beginning of the letter, he's telling them again here. He's saying thank you, right? He's, he's grateful for it. But do you see what's going on here? He's way more excited about what it signified in their heart for God. What it signified about their heart for God. Again, Paul's not begging for money. He's already said throughout this letter, and John's going to talk about it again next week briefly, um, throughout this letter that, that the ministry would be fine even without the gift from others. But what he is doing is emphasizing to them this understanding that help, trying to help them understand that being generous was good for them individually. And it would be fruitful for them and others because seeing people believe they need Jesus, seeing people grow to trust him and serve him, seeing people learn to live in obedience to him. Do you all understand that that's the call and the goal of every Christian? Every one of us who's here. But that doesn't fit our paradigm. Often, we think that the mark of success It's not that people are growing in Jesus. But often we think the mark of success is that anything we do gets bigger. Anything we do attracts more people. Anything we do makes the biggest impact. And we can do all that with the intention to bring glory to God. That can even be the intention we have. We can do all that in that way and still miss the boat of what God has said actually brings glory to him. And that is faithfully serving the truth, faithfully serving what God's word says, faithfully serving that seeing people believe their need for Jesus, seeing people believe that they need to grow to trust him more, to serve him and obey him is the ultimate call we have. And it's the call whether anyone ever knows our name for it or not. That's true individually, and that's true as a church. few years ago, actually it was a little over a year ago, within a span of about a week, week and a half, I had people ask me several questions, really two, if I sum it up to two questions. One of those questions was, what are you doing to promote the name of the vine? I was like, what? What am I doing to promote the name of the vine? I didn't know that's what it was supposed to be about. First, I was angry when they asked me the question. But then I was heartbroken that someone would think that in the Christian community, the goal is to promote the name of a church. What's the goal? Promote the name of Jesus, right? But then, two other 
People ask me this question within the span of a week. And the question was, Tim, you've been an associate pastor for many years. When are you going to get your own church? I say, what? And I know what they meant. I knew what they meant. But it's not about my name. But they asked that question, and I had to kind of deal with my own idols in that. I had to wrestle with that. And I had to deal with, I don't know what the Lord's doing. And I'm working through those things. But as I prayed through those things, I believe the Lord sincerely impressed upon my heart these words. Tim, it is perfectly fine for you to minister in obscurity when that is what I've called you to. I'd ask you to keep praying that that my heart continues to believe that. But here's the point. You remember a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I used the illustration, most of you, that there was a church in Arizona. And above the entrance where everyone entered, the worship leaders, the pastors, the people in the community, the, the church, they all came through the same entrance. And above that entrance... It said, servant's entrance. And when we can come in here, all of us with the mindset that this is the servant's entrance, we are serving the Lord Jesus Christ, we are making him known to one another, and we can celebrate the growth we see in one another. Because it's not about us. It's about him working in one another. Are we grateful to see that growth in one another so that every one of us is learning to have hearts surrendered to God, learning to be generous so that more people will believe their need for Jesus and that we can all together grow in serving him and in making him known? Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.